Merry Christmas, congregation. Uh, great, great to see you all here. And I know a lot of families uh, here in town. Uh, kids uh, grew up here and uh, gone off and now back. And uh, great to see you. Um, and those who are worshiping with us online, we welcome you as well as we uh, give glory to uh, our great and gracious King, Jesus Christ. I want to read uh, Luke 2, uh, 8 through 20. Uh, verses 8 through 20, a very familiar passage of Scripture, but uh, I would pray that uh, the Holy Spirit would give us fresh ears to hear this story and to enter into it, um, that we might know uh, joy and better joy uh, this Christmas season. From Luke 2, here's, here's God's Word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. All who heard it wondered at the shepherds, at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen. Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, that that is quite a statement. What could possibly fit the bill, good news, great, and the word there in Greek is mega joy, good news, mega joy, and for all people. How about this one? The Eagles winning the Super Bowl this year. No, my son-in-law is here today, a massive, he and his family, massive Eagles fans. That would be great news for them. But probably not for those in Dallas, San Francisco, Kansas City, Baltimore, and every other National League football uh, city. How about this? The economy bouncing back in record fashion in China. Great for them, but maybe not for us, right? How about this? Egypt, they, they just re-elected al-Sisi to a third term as president. He got 89% of the vote. Good news for all people? Cause for mega joy for all people? <laughs> you know, it's really tough to classify anything, be it material gain, uh, something in, in the political world or the social realm, that, that is good news of great joy for all people. And actually, nothing of this world fits this bill. And in a way, 
Well, this is the bad news of Christmas. The message of the angels to these shepherds, that joy, real joy, the joy that we all want, that is marked by peace, where our life and our world, they work. It just works together. It works right as it should. That joy doesn't come from this world. And yet, this world is where most people are trying to find their joy. I mean, we think, and we all fall into this at some level, but we all think, you know, my life would be so much more joyful if better presents or more presents under the tree. If everyone got along at Christmas dinner. If only there was more money in the bank. If only my boss were a better human being. Or if my neighbor would just stop. If only. How about this? What if we had a leader that we could all agree upon? Now, this was actually where the world in Jesus' time was looking to for their peace and joy. Because at this point, Caesar Augustus was emperor. And as far as world leaders go, you know, if, if not the greatest, Caesar is, is in a, a few finger uh, minority of, of the greatest leaders in the world that, that history really has ever known. Uh, through his leadership, Caesar established amazing peace in the world. We call it the Pax Romana. Um, there, there was no war in the known world for 40 years. This was just unheard of. It still is today. He built granaries to feed the world during famine. He created fire and police agencies that brought about the rule of law and moral reform. He built roads so that travel and communication would, I mean, it literally advanced like light years uh, in his day. The world had never seen anything like this before. The world prospered greatly under his reign. One Roman statesman said this, the whole, whole world, okay, the whole world would have embraced its own destruction if Caesar had not been born for the common good. There was peace. There was mega joy in the world with Caesar on the throne. So why does Jesus come when times are so good? Because the peace and the joy of Caesar was fleeting. It did not fully satisfy the human heart, certainly not for all people. Something, was, something deep was missing in the human heart, and people in that day knew it. They, they felt it. One writer put it this way, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even for outward peace. Where are you looking today for peace and for joy in particular? You know, Christmas we sing, um, and we're going to sing a little bit later, joy to the world. But often we are pursuing joy from the world. Hoping for you know, better joy with a better job, better relationships, better finances, better organization, better, a better life that we are trying to create for ourselves. And Jesus comes at the very time when Caesar has purportedly brought about the better life for all. And his coming, therefore, is basically an indictment on Caesar and on all of us 
that we have failed to find deep joy of soul from this world around us. And we know this is true. At the end of the day, all our earthly joys, no matter how wonderful in the moment, they eventually all break, pass, spoil, are stolen, wear out, fade, get spent, or die. Earthly joys are fleeting. And so what we're left with is an ache in the human heart that is filled with frustration and alienation and loneliness. We're hungry for something more that we haven't yet found. And that ache of soul, for that joy that, that fills and satisfies, pay attention to that ache in your heart. Because that is actually the ache for God himself. We may not say that, but that is what it is. You were created by God to know him and to find your life in him and with him. And with alienation from God, we're spent looking everywhere else for a joy that will not satisfy. And so here's the good news of Christmas then. God has come to our world. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. I bring you good news of mega joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day. Unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is the one who is able to give us peace of heart, that peace from passion, grief, and envy. And he does so by giving us peace with God himself, reconciling us to him. You know, one of the words that uh, appears all over the Christmas story, certainly in Luke's gospel, and we don't, we don't spend a lot of time on, I'm trying to think if I've ever really preached on this, uh, just this one word and the theme of it, but it's the word fear. I mean, Zechariah, we looked at him a few weeks ago, angel appeared to him, he was afraid. Do not fear, Zechariah. Mary, Gabriel appeared to her, she was afraid. Do not fear, Mary. And here were the shepherds, mega fear. And the, the word to the shepherds is... Fear not. Um, fear steal, steals our joy, doesn't it? Yeah. If we're afraid, how can we be happy? How can we rejoice? I wonder what fears uh, haunt you today. Maybe it's fear of rejection, fear of failure. Maybe it's the fear of some change that's going to come in your job or your health, your finances or a relationship. Some of, us, some of us might be fearing that there's going to be something in our past that surfaces in our future. Or maybe it's just the fear of the future, the unknowns. I think one of the things that uh, we all fear, I, I know I certainly wrestle with this, uh, maybe it's the biggest fear, and it's the fear of losing control, you know? We fear not being able to set, keep, and manage things the way we want them. But fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. I mean, look what has come to our world, a Savior, Jesus Christ. And if we want to get over our fear, I mean, what, what do the angels say? Behold, and that's kind of an old Bible word, isn't it? But it just means gaze, ponder, lock on to, behold. And behold what? Behold Jesus. Look to Jesus. If we want to get over our fear of rejection, look to Jesus. He's the one who brings acceptance with the greatest being in the universe, God himself. And if we're accepted by God, 
then we're going to have strength in our earthly relationships when, when there's rejection there. If we want to get over our fear of failure, look to Jesus. His sacrifice on the cross takes away our sin. In him we're fully accepted and we're welcomed into the very presence of God. You know, that, that fear of failure, we, we still might encounter it in the earthly sense, but if we know we're accepted and we're welcomed by God, then, then earthly failures, they're not the end of the story. They are not the last word on my life. Jesus is, and his victory. If we want to get past the fear of the unknown, of the future, or, or that big fear of losing control of some aspect of our life and world, look to Jesus This little baby in the manger is Christ the Lord. He is the omnipotent son of God who made the world, who loves us, who died for us, and in time is raised to life for us. And when Jesus comes up out of that grave, he has the power of an indestructible life. Who or what is going to stop Jesus from keeping us, providing for us, doing all that he has said? Look to him. Trust him. He is trustworthy. Tim Keller, in his Christmas book, tells about how in 1961, the Russians uh, were the first to put a man in space, uh, uh, Yuri uh, Gagarin. And uh, when Gagarin got into space, uh, he looked out his window of his spaceship, and you remember what he said? There is no God. I'm looking out my spaceship window, and I don't see God, therefore God doesn't exist. Now, Ruth Graham, back here in Montreat, said, well, Yuri, step out of your spaceship and you'll see him. (laughs) That was Ruth. (laughs) C.S. Lewis also responded that if there's a God who created us, we, we, we will not discover him by going up into the air. It's not like the man on the first floor going upstairs to discover the man on the second floor. The only way for us to discover God is for him to reveal himself. And at Christmas, he does. He reveals himself, not by by writing us information about himself, but by writing himself into the drama of human history. So we have God with us revealing himself as one who is completely trustworthy. I mean, it's just mind-boggling what God has done for us in the incarnation of Christ. The, The creator of the universe humbles himself, lowers himself at first to become a single cell in the womb of Mary. He's born a baby. He's put in an animal feeding trough for his crib. Little babies. They can be picked up, right? Hugged, kissed. They're open to it. They cling to you. What is God saying to us with Jesus coming as a baby? That that the openness and vulnerability of God is now being open to us. I am trustworthy. He came as as a human, but as a baby that we could approach. Not some firestorm or whirlwind. Why? Because the time of judgment was not here, but the time to bear judgment for us. This is why this baby was born. To take away the barrier of sin. You know, when you think about God becoming a baby in a manger, 
Again, it's mind-boggling. I love Frederick Buechner's statement on this. He said, those who believe in God can never in a way be sure of him again. Once they have seen him in a stable, they can never be sure where he will appear or to what lengths he will go or to what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will descend in his wild pursuit of man. This is the good news of Christmas. And this is the cause for great joy. God has pursued you and me to his own humiliation and even death. Okay, good news, great joy, but what about for all people? How do we know this is for all people? Well, we know this because of the shepherds. (laughs) The angels didn't appear with their good news to a group of celebrities and elites in Jerusalem or Rome. They came to shepherds, and, and these guys were night shift shepherds. Yeah. In the shepherding world, those pulling night shift, these are entry level. And the shepherds themselves were a rather uh, despised class, uh, the last ones you would expect God to show up for. Shepherds were known liars and cheats. Their testimony was inadmissible in a courtroom. Um, if you got a Christmas present for a shepherd... Good chance it was stolen. You would fight to keep your daughter from marrying one. I mean, they were the moral and and spiritual runaways, the prodigal types. But God pursues them. And if them, then us. This is why this is good news for all people. I mean, there's just no other news this good for all people. Regardless of time and place, male, female, all races, people of all economic and social status. If we cut to the end, not of the sermon, but uh, the point that I'm trying to make here, um, (laughs) to the last book of the Bible, but we're almost done, um, last book of the Bible, listen to who is standing around the throne, okay? This is Revelation 7, 9, behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes, crying out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God and to him who sits on the throne, the Lamb. That's how it ends, folks. Or should we say that's how it begins. Eternity begins with people from every language, tribe, tongue, and people, united as a people forever with the Lord. Jesus Christ is the only good news for all people. So what's the good news that you are trying to build your life on today? Where are you seeking to find deepest joy? It fills and satisfies the soul. If it is anything that's merely from this world, it will fail you. And this is what Christmas is telling us. But good news, great joy for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He is Christ, Jesus Christ the Lord. 
Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let heaven and earth receive her king. And you, you, my friend, receive him too. For if you do, you will know mega joy. Not just in this world, but for eternity to come. Everlasting joy in the presence of the glorious King, Jesus. Merry Christmas. Amen.